Yes, it is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch the Third, coming to you live from the palatial studios of Bald Spots Productions here in the beautiful city of Irvine, California. Joining me from a more than acceptable safe social distance is my guest for today, Rain Phillips. How you doing, Rain? Hi, Bill. Thank you. I'm doing well, and I just want to say thank you so much for uh, having me on as your guest. Well, I'm so glad that uh, you and Elliot uh, decided you wanted to be a guest. That's Wow. Uh... <laughs> and I'm going to break this. This is the first time I've ever been on a podcast, so it's very exciting. Wow. I feel very privileged now. <laughs> me too. I was talking with one of my friends about it, and they said, Oh, you've never been on a podcast? And I was like, what, is everybody on podcast now? And I'm the only one who hasn't done a podcast? And yeah, seems yes, like that. You are the last one. <laughs> it really felt like that. So here we go. <laughs> okay. Well, um, Rain, you are an, uh, a real estate rental agent or a real estate agent specializing in rentals, which is the more appropriate way to say it? Um, well, I am a licensed real estate agent, but I would refer to myself as um, someone who specializes just in actually high volume rental sales. High volume rental sales. What exactly does that mean? Well, I w work with a number of people and I usually average about, wow, well, this month is a little bit higher, but I usually average between three and five transactions a week. Okay. And you, so. uh, and you are in the LA market, correct? Yes, Los Angeles, spanning from Glendale um, all the way into Playa. So really oh, wow. transversing, sprawling Los Angeles city. <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty sprawling. Um, let's see. So, uh, so you do uh, you do both high uh, higher rents and uh, and lower rental areas and uh, everything in between, or do you have a specialty within your niche? No, actually, I do it all. I go from studios all the way to single-family homes. So, I mean, they're marketed, of course, differently to each scope of the property. Sure. But yet, I do rent um, anywhere in between, exactly, which is a lot of fun because it keeps it fresh, it keeps it mixed up, and I go to different neighborhoods. So I really like seeing the communities in L.A. and seeing how everything has been developing over the past few years. Yeah. Um I saw that uh, uh, in uh, in something uh, that the medium median rent for a one bedroom in West Hollywood is twenty four fifty. Is that right? Could be. I mean, that's what I saw too. I've been reading some really high numbers. I was reading from. I rely on one of my sources would be Zumper. They seem to really analyze the data, and we're looking at um, Los Angeles having an average for one bedroom of 2,400. So wow. West Hollywood, um, no doubt, maybe a little bit higher if they have a pool or another amenity. Yeah, sure. definitely, definitely be correct. Oh wow, those amenities taking uh, take are, are often taken for granted uh, by uh, by people. That's for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm down in uh, I'm down in Orange County. And uh, the uh, rental for a uh, for a one bedroom is averaging about two thousand, and uh, um, oh. yeah, so so a little bit uh, a little bit better, but uh, um, than uh, than up there in L.A. It looks like, but uh, um, but still, that's uh, 
my uh, my my family who lives in other parts of the uh, of the U.S. are like, you're you're buying for that, right? <laughs> like, new, yeah. new. It's, you know, that old adage about only spending, what, what is it, 20 or 30% of your income on rent. Yeah. It's just completely gone off the window. I mean, it, you have to qualify with the three times the rent. So to do something for 2400 with California taxes, we can only qualify you on gross because who knows what your taxes are going to be. So we qualify an application on gross um, income. And so something for 2400 would be, you'd have to make $7,200 a month just without even worrying about your car note, any other bill that you might have. And so it's, it's quite a lot of money. Just for, like an just for like an average one bedroom, I'm not, and I don't think a lot of these have like the bells and the whistles that you might want. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, everybody wants at least a pool and a and a laundry room, uh, <laughs> or a stainless steel appliance. Yeah. I mean, these are just some of the you know amenities that make living more comfortable and make what you're paying for worth it. Sure, sure. Well, I'm sure location has a lot to do with uh, with where uh, with how much the uh, the rents are as well. Um, do you find uh, that more desirable communities have uh, have higher rents, or you know, it used to be like that where you could actually kind of like say like, oh, I live in Beverly Hills, and because they're the 90210 brand, you know that you're going to pay more there than let's say you would in. Mar Vista or Venice, but honestly, it's all starting to be really equal. I mean, it just seems like everything's risen at once. And then you have the communities like Brentwood and Beverly Hills that will stay a little bit higher, but the other ones are, they're catching up. They really are. So it's, um, it's, it's the, just the pricing across the board to me is very high right now. What's, uh, what's the primary reason causing this, you know? Well, I think that reason is multi-layered, and for me, just from what I know from personal experience being in the market, right before COVID hit, let's go back to like 2018, 2019, I was seeing a lot of the pricing going up, where it'd be like the landlord would just automatically, somebody vacates, they would just give you a the apartment home like a raise of like a hundred bucks. It's just like okay, they left. Here, just add another hundred to it, just for increase. So while this was happening, I was noticing that salaries were not going up. Like there was no adjustment to the salaries, and people were paying more for housing, but still making the same amount of money. And then what happened? So it was a very strong renter owner's market. So the owner had control of the market and was able to set the price. And then all of a sudden we rolled into COVID and it switched. It became a market where it became a renter's market where everybody there's a mass exodus out of LA and people could work remotely and they don't want to live here anymore. And be here if they couldn't have the amenities that they liked. So at that point, it really became a strong renter's market. So we have two things that were very quick and volatile. One, rents really raising for no reason other than they could raise, and then um, rents just crashing. And now we're seeing um, rents going back up and it going back to being an owner's market. Okay. And 
What uh, what can renters? Is there anything renters can do when they're trying to get into a location that uh, um, to uh, to be able to pay less? I mean, this is uh, you know, it's crazy if you're looking at twenty four, twenty five hundred bucks for a uh, for a one bedroom. I, I hate to think what the median is on a uh, on a home might be for a for a small family. Well, there's some things that you can do. Um, you get more value in a two-bedroom. So I think the two-bedroom is averaging about thirty-two to thirty-four hundred right now, and they're pretty nice. Get more square footage, probably get nicer amenities, and you'll be paying um, a lot less if you choose to have a roommate. So as far as getting more value for your dollar, having a roommate is a really great way to go. Um, but if you don't want to do the roommate thing, which a lot of people just don't at this stage in their life, um, a lot of people actually, two bedrooms was one of the biggest vacancies that we had during COVID because nobody wanted to live with their roommate anymore. I mean, I have, I have wild COVID stories of people who told me that they were locked out of their apartment home because their roommate was very paranoid and didn't know where they were and didn't want to let them back in. Oh, yeah, we had so much, so much market fluctuation during COVID. But for somebody who wants a one-bedroom, um, I would use, I would definitely make an offer. So I had somebody who just recently rented. She put in um, an offer for $100 off. And some of the reasons why they, um, they countered on the offer, but they did come down $60, which is a great savings. It's over $700 annually. And some of the reasons why they accepted the offer was because the person had strong credit. They made three times the rent without the offer. Um, and they were willing to move in early. So the unit was not going to sit vacant for 20 days, 25 days. They were moving in in a very short time period, which would immediately start generating income for management, which, of course, they like to see. And um, she also wrote uh, a nice uh, letter just saying, um, I have great references. I'm going to take great care of the apartment home. I intend to live here for um, at least a couple of years. And, you know, I will be reliable and steady on the rent. And that's something that gave a nice personal touch to the offer. And so it was considered and accepted, and she signed and is moving in in a few days. Wow. That's awesome to uh, to hear. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, uh, so a lot of it has to do with some of the same things that people hear um, that are good for buy, for actually purchasing a uh, a home with having good uh, good income, good cash flow, and uh, um, and just being a, a generally nice person. <laughs> yes, there's a there's a, a saying in our business. We always do the um, rental verification, but the experts will tell you to not just the the last one, but do the one before that because they may have wanted to get rid of the person who gave them a great reference, <laughs> saying let them go. So always go back and do both references because you know you never know. Right. Um, if the light is motivated for them to move so out. So where are the where are the shortages? Where where what what types of properties are basically booked up, if you will? Um, 
you know, you you said that uh, that she was able to negotiate on a on a one bedroom. Are there a lot of vacancies in one bedrooms, or where where are the vacancies? Wow. Well, I mean, right now we are. It's a very tight market. It's tight inventory. There's not that much out there out there to choose from, and it's very competitive. And to illustrate that, yesterday I advertised an apartment home. And I think it was right before the close of business, maybe around just right before six o'clock. By midnight, I had my first application and about 40 emails inquiring about this apartment home. The time I went back to my computer in the morning, I had two additional applications. Now, this is all sight unseen. They've only seen what I've shown in the advertising, which is the photographs. So I called the first applicant and I said, Are you, I'm going to run your credit. I just want to let you know you're the first app application, but I'm going to charge your, you know, your credit card. It's $25, and your credit will be affected. So I just want to let you know, unless you want to wait and see the apartment first. And she said, no, no. I've been looking. I've been on the market for so long. I like the photos. Is it anything like the photos? And I said, the photos are very accurate, very representational of the unit. She said, go for it. So she got approved um, like instantaneously, like pretty much same day. I met her today, and she's already signed the lease and given the funds. Like the transaction was um, less than 24 hours. And so the 40 people behind her are mad. They're upset. And I got several emails telling people it went off market. And I got a lot of emails saying, how did this happen so quickly? And I would recommend at this time in the market, because there's such slim inventory, if you see something, don't wait to apply. People aren't waiting anymore. No longer waiting to see a place and then apply. So that's a real big game changer. Wow. Okay. So uh, yeah. definitely, uh, definitely on the agents to uh, to do uh, good photos. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, what scares me about that is the scam factor, the scam risk, mm. because I've had so many people who have thought that they were getting an apartment home. So here's a great story. It's not so great, but at least it has a happy okay. ending. This lady calls me and she says, "I'm on my way to meet you at this property in Brentwood." And I have the checks, the cashier checks. And I said, who are you? I have no idea what you're talking about. I said, I don't have any applications on this property. She gave me the address. The address was accurate. She gave me the unit number. It was all accurate, except it was the one bedroom at the time for, I think, $24.95. And her checks were made out for, like, I think it was, like, $1,300. Like, way, like, ridiculously below market. Like, to me, that would have shouted, scam, stay away. So somebody had duplicated my exact listing, everything. They weren't even creative about it. It was pretty much word for word and just modified the contact information and had listed it with their phone number. And she was going to give the checks to this person. And the only reason why she didn't was because there was a voice that said, is this a scam? Like, could this be, you know, too good to be true? So she wound up, this is very clever, and I admire her for doing this. She wound up Google mapping the address 
and it brought up a photo and on the photo was the sign you know asking saying for lease with my phone number and that's when she called me from the sign from Google Maps and that's when I told her it was a total scam and I sent her the true listing yeah wow is right and I've had a few people like that and I mean it just leads into a whole other category because I relocate so many people over FaceTime and Zoom especially during the pandemic I mean there were a lot of expats that needed to come back from Britain and Spain were and were the two biggest countries where they really needed to come back home and they needed someone to rely upon to get them back because their countries were saying leave or you're going to be faced with lockdown and so at that point it's really important to be able to verify that this isn't a scam. This, you are going to get the keys that you're just not giving money away. Right, right. So too good to be true probably is. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sadly, I wish that wasn't the case, but that's usually the case. Other, you know it. I know it. <laughs> other than uh, other than Google mapping uh, the location and looking for the for lease sign, what are ways people can uh, protect themselves against uh, against these kinds of scams and, and contacting you directly, of course? <laughs> right, right. Um, well, cross-referencing me, for example. So you'll see me on LinkedIn. Um, you'll see that uh, where I work, what I do, my website. Um, you'll also see me on Yelp for my reviews. So those two um, platforms validate that I am an agent and that I have a lot of reviews and all of that great stuff. You can also cross-reference the address from, usually when I market, I market to um, everywhere. It goes Zillow, Zumper, um, even Westside Rentals, which is now apartments.com, but they still have separate sites. Um, Craigslist is still very relevant. I'm on Craigslist. Um, I'll just go ahead and market, and I would go ahead and make sure that you're seeing the same listing across these rental platforms. That's a really good way. Okay. Looking for duplicates on the same platform, I'm sure would be uh, would be a good way to uh, to do it too. Uh. <laughs> sure. Yes. Exactly. If you see something, it's because it does get really strange out there, and it's. It's, you know, there's a lot of desperate people out there that are looking to, you know, scam people. And this is a great way to do it because you have a lot of people who are desperate to get an apartment and want to believe that. But it's trouble. Right. right. Okay. Um, yeah. In a general, uh, in a general sense, um, well, here, here, here's a question. Uh, do you see Los Angeles getting just as difficult for renters as New York or San Francisco? Those places are legendary for having tough rentals. Yes. Well, I mean, I feel like it's it's headed that way. I mean, I had a lot of people really disappointed in finding affordability. So, again, that $7,200 mark for somebody who wants to pay $2,400 is not too bad, but you've got people who, especially, the interesting thing to back up about this job is that I see a lot of people's incomes. And it really surprises me when you have people who are teachers and even nurses or caretakers, they just don't have that kind of income. And so for them, they're just being driven out of Los Angeles because they don't earn three times the rent. So when you have something that comes on market that's 2000 it really creates just such 
a stampede of people wanting to apply, but there's one unit and 60 people who are interested and where else do they go? There's not that much available. So I feel like Los Angeles is on its way to becoming just like New York and San Francisco, a market for those people who can, you know, earn that kind of money, which in LA is tech and entertainment are my two biggest. And now engineering, I get a lot of engineers, tech and entertainment, engineering, um, gaming, people who are like work for Riot Games, these kind of big companies that are doing big hiring. Right. And, uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's ridiculous, uh, the way, uh, um, the way, what would, uh, what would 72, 7 times 12 would be, what, 72 grand? Uh, hold on, I have to do, I'm, I'm like, to, math I'm in my to, head, wait a wait second. A it's, wait it's a second, let me cheat. 84,000. 84, yeah, that's definitely way out yeah. of, the, of the range of most, even teachers and uh, and all. But, I mean, at oh, least yeah. for, for Southern California, there are suburbs that aren't that far away. And, uh, and all. What's, right. what's transportation, uh, what are transportation services like in, uh, in L.A. that you know of? Um, how, how are they doing yeah. as far as public transit? Well, to pivot back to what you were saying, I think one of the benefits of COVID was the work from work remotely. So a lot of people that left can still work remotely. A lot of the commercial spaces haven't completely opened up, or if they have, they made it easier where you just have to come in um, maybe two or three times a week and they're still kind of doing that. So you don't have to be at your desk anymore, nine to six and hitting rush hour traffic every morning. But um, as to your other question, as far as transportation in LA, we're still really reliant on car. We're still doing the car thing. I mean, for me, there's only that I know of just a few um, lines. I know they're developing more um, trains for the upcoming hosting of the Olympics. But right now, people really want to get out of their cars and not be so reliant on it, especially since gas prices have been very high these last three months and slowly coming down. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've definitely seen uh, seen that across the board here in Southern California. Yeah, um, yeah I know. Well, now, uh... it's down, well, now it's down to 520, 5.20, which seems like a real break. From what I know, but it does feel like there's some kind of relief at the pump yeah. because I was seeing places that were crawling towards like $7. Yeah, yeah I was seeing, really I saw crazy. one place that was shooting for 8 so, uh, yeah, that was, <gasps> oh my that was crazy. And uh, I was just like, I'm glad I don't have to you know, drive that far to get to, uh, to get to my office. But, uh, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't remember what I paid the other day for gas, but it was like, like you said, like five, five, five twenty a gallon, something somewhere around in there. But, uh, which, all sudden, which all of a sudden seems the new reason yeah, yeah. They're like, I'll take it. <laughs> they, they hit you hard, but it's like, it was like four bucks. <laughs> Where'd that go? But, yeah. uh, um, yeah. That was a complaint then, and now we're like, okay, yeah, there's a there's so many things that are shifting um, in Los Angeles in terms of the economy, and then being affected by, of course, the global economy, the war in Ukraine with Russia. I mean, these are all things that are trickling down and affecting us in one way or the other. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, 
how about yeah. uh, how about uh, incomes? Uh, how are those affecting? Uh, are those having any effect on rental rates, or is it because uh, um, you were talking about the nurses, nurses and teachers and caregivers and and all that? Um, are uh, are local incomes going up at all, or is it just uh, or is it just a shift like uh, like in Seattle? From the people who work there to the uh, to the engineers and and computer science <laughs> geeks and uh, and those people, the people yeah. making six figures a year. Yeah, you said the e word. I mean, the engineers really are getting great offer letters. They're getting bonuses. We've got I see things coming in from Amazon and Boeing and these really big companies that seem to be, from what I can see from the outside, paying a fair wage for somebody who um, has the, the experience and the education for that. Um, as far as school teachers and everything, I'm not seeing, like, for for this sector, these raises. It seems like they've never gotten a raise. I'm just like, it's still the same from, like, three years ago. I'm like, how is this adjustment being made? And then... Um, that really, that's something that personally bothers me because it's such an important part of everybody's life is being taught, going to school. So I'd really like to see um, us elect the people that will make a difference in these salaries, but that's a whole different topic, though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. But I want to, I do want to note something that I think most people don't recognize is that I've seen, and it's so heartwarming, I've seen so many generational sacrifices from parents who have come over here from different countries and they've taken jobs that they wouldn't have had in their country just to start over and give their kids a better life and education in America. Now I see their kids getting these wonderful job offers, and that's something that's super heartwarming for me, that even though they made this generational sacrifice, that it's paying off for their children, and that's working for their family plan. And that's something that's really cool. Um, to, uh, to go on with, uh, with talking about multi-generational, do you see a lot of, uh, of multi-generational families uh, renting together or uh, um, you know or is that something that you uh, that you see where you've got parents and grandparents and 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 the kids all living in a house together or anything like that uh, it's very rare I don't see that very often um, what I do see is that new renters when I see their rental history where have you been for the last two years they've been at home saving money <laughs> working from home and living with their parents so I do see a lot of people who have um, gone back to stay at home to save and to just work and to kind of ride out COVID and see because for a while there we really didn't know what was going to happen until the vaccine came and the numbers started coming down and things kind of semi returned to what we know as normal right yeah the the new normal <laughs> yes. yes yes the new normal which is a whole new not normal <laughs> so it's ever-changing ever-changing indeed yeah. especially in la um yes what uh, what kinds of things can uh, potential renters do uh, to uh, make them look more uh, more appealing to the uh, to the apartment managers that they're applying to well i think it's a great question i think everybody you know can benefit from 
knowing their credit score, it's just, it's shocking to me, the people who, the amount of people who don't know their own credit score. Mm -hmm. And so I'll run their credit and then I'll call them up and I'll say, well, did you know that you owed like 150 bucks to like Verizon? They're like, no. And I completely believe them. I mean, it's just that people aren't paying attention to things that can go on your credit report and really pull down your score. And so I say, know your credit, watch what's happening, because especially now with so much electronic um, transactions, it's so much easier to have something erroneously appear on your credit report and you would never know. Like you did, you thought you canceled that subscription. Well, you didn't, you're still being charged for it and you haven't paid it because you lost your debit card. Now you have a new number. So you have all these like little microtransactions that could happen and really affect your score. So I say if you do have a score that's below 650, because that's usually right the bar where we look for with moderate to income debt to salary, a few things going on there when we're looking at your credit score. Another thing is to know your credit score. And if you do have a lower credit score because you didn't pay a bill and you caught caught in COVID, like you were in entertainment or in nightlife, there's so many actors who were working at night as bartenders that all of a sudden just stopped working completely. You can address that and say, this is what happened. This is why it happened. And here's the steps I've taken to repair it. And it was never my intention, but nobody ever saw this coming. And, you know, that really goes a long way in the eyes of a property owner because then that, it, shows it shows to them that you're responsible. You know what happened. You understand why it happened and the steps that you've taken to repair right. it. Right. I actually have a uh, a guy I work with who does uh, who does credit repair. He's got a got a setup that uh, does credit repair in like two three months. And, give him a shout uh, out. Give him a yeah, shout out. Sure, Everybody sure. needs it. I mean, I have to tell you, you should because I say to people, it's, say to people, it's very difficult. I mean, before um, the web, if you had something, if you had personal identity theft, nobody really like not believed it, but really knew what it was until we got deeper into the technology age that we're in now. And so now you're able to like alert your bank right away. The big credit houses, you've got Experian, TransUnion, all these things. Now, you, now they'll take action on your behalf as the consumer. But before it just seemed like it wasn't known enough and people just weren't sure. You had to do a police report. I mean, you really had to prove that you had identity theft. But now it seems like it's much more, um, I don't want to say popular, but much more common. Yeah, yeah. I use a, a service called ID Shield that uh, uses uh, um, actual uh, 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 investigate licensed investigators to uh, to go through and help you through the process of, uh, of oh, doing wow. it. Yeah, oh, wow. it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's like 10 bucks a month. But, uh, um, but yeah. Um, a lot of people, I don't know if you've heard of this, but people who have been a victim to personal identity mm -hmm. theft, now they can like what they call lock their credit. Yeah. So if you do want to run their credit, you have to get permission right. um, and they have to sign off on it. So then you can run the credit, which for me, I mean, if that happened to me, I definitely would want to do the same thing and take every step. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Get on, at, at least get credit karma. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. What's with that? Uh, it, <laughs> They're a little too on top yeah, of no it. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. In the in the rental market, what uh, which of the bureaus is usually used more often? Is it TransUnion, Experian, or Equifax? 
Um, it, for my smart move, which was, I was doing a lot of business with my smart move, which was geared towards doing a, um, credit check, which seems like it wasn't going to, you know, you have these soft and hard credit checks. It seems like it was giving it a softer check, but, um, I use TransUnion or I use Experian and they're both pretty good. I think they're they're all, they all do their, their jobs. Just that some of them report different things. Exactly. Well, the interesting thing is that people always say we need to run your credit check, but they don't realize we're also looking for criminals because that's part of the law as well. If you have somebody who's um, uh, a sex offender, they'd have to make sure they're publicly publicly registered. You have a lot of things that are going on besides just looking at a score when you see a credit check. It's also giving you criminal, it's giving you bankruptcy. Um, it's just going through anything that you've had that's associated with your social security yeah. number. And uh, most people don't realize you can have a great credit score, but a lousy debt to income ratio and be, and be <laughs> yeah. tossed right out the door. <laughs> so, it's so true. I've seen so many people where they're living right at the edge and I'm just like, oh, wow, what you make is what you spend, which... Um, it's just kind of a sign of the times. I feel that a lot of people um, spend a little bit more than what they earn because maybe not even because they want to, but because everything's gotten so expensive. Yeah, especially now with the uh, with the, the inflation going the way it is. It, uh, yes. Um, okay. Well. Um, are you looking for an apartment home, Bill? No, no, way? not looking at an apartment home this time. Around, around this time, um, yeah, we're. I, I have a roommate. Uh, we rent uh, in Santa Ana, and uh, um, oh, yeah, nice. it's yeah, it's all right. Um, the the management is really nice. <laughs> okay. um, you know. that's important, and I feel like that's really important too. It's a good point that we should really check in on management and cross check on their reviews. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit not harder, but sometimes I feel some reviews can be like revenge reviews yeah. <laughs> because people get mad at management because they didn't like this or that. But I mean, you can get a good sample if you read enough of the reviews to know what you're signing up for. You can kind of, I feel intuitively figure out if this is that. And I also have people who will see an apartment home, they'll come back and they'll check out the neighborhood when I'm not there and they'll run into somebody who lives into the building and then they can ask them directly, which is really nice too to get a, just a completely unfiltered opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you gotta, yeah, you're right. You've gotta be careful about, uh, about whose reviews you're reading. And know that, uh, you know, I, I would say that most of the reviews that are on the extreme ends, you know, like really mm -hmm. kissy, nice, uh, sugary, or really mean, <laughs> are probably not true. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I do have really great reviews and they are true, yeah. but I also offer only one service. I'm a leasing agent. And then when I give you the keys after that, it's up to somebody right. else to manage the process and what's going on in your apartment home. So 
And that way I have it a little bit easier because you can have things that are really ongoing. I mean, there's another thing that's happening in LA is there's so much construction and all of a sudden I rent you and then three months later, they're demoing the building next door. I, mean, I didn't know. I mean, that's not, how would I know? But it's just, did management know? There's just a lot of construction going on right now. And although we do need housing, it's, it's inconvenient and it's loud. So not a favorite thing to be living next door to. Yeah, that's uh, that's for sure. Um, yes. Yes. What uh, what should people watch out for um, when they're uh, when they're looking at uh, at a place? Speaking of demolitions going on next door, is there uh, is there any clue people can get about the area to uh, to know that they're uh, what they're getting into? Well, that's a tricky question because we do live in a city and I feel that anything can happen anytime in LA. Um, unfortunately, we have a lot of homelessness here and we have an affordable housing crisis as well. So we do have these these situations that are happening around us that we're living with as well. And when you go to an apartment home or you're in a community, you definitely want to be aware of how the building's kept, how the building's next door kept, what the hallways look like, is it well lit? Um, you just want to check out the garage, make sure that that's looking up to date and well kept. And then as far as doing your own research, you really have as the person who's going to reside there, this is going to be your home, you should be able to drive around, be comfortable in the neighborhood, look online. There's a website called Walk Score that's really great because it will tell you what you're near, including transportation, buses, landmarks, restaurants. And then you should look and do crime statistics. Find out more about that. Or I think everybody's on that app now next door. You can also look there to figure out, like, what are people saying about the neighborhood? I mean, everybody feels like they're, I mean, I'm in Mar Vista myself. I feel like I'm in a great neighborhood. But I mean, I definitely see, I mean, I went to go walk my dog and I saw these guys like casing the joint, like right across the street from me. And I alerted the property managers and they were like so thankful and they alerted their neighbors. So you just never know. It's just it's not one neighborhood or one community. It's that's going to give you this sense of security. You really have to be aware. Well, really, there's no telling, you know, in, in any great neighborhood. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. there, there's going to be the opportunity someone might have to uh, to take advantage of you, to rob you, or or worse. Um, and uh, um, yeah, especially in a in a in a busy city filled with busy people. Um, but uh, um, what? Uh, well, let's see. What can people <laughs> do? What can? What should uh, what should owners be doing? Um, to uh, to help their uh, their prospective renters or their actual renters. Um, oh sure. Well, I think there's a big um, a big responsibility for the owners to present and give an apartment home that is safe, up to date with all codes and standards, and is ready to move in. In other words, everything's working. It's been professionally cleaned. Um, the person can move in seamlessly, the locks have been changed, the AC is working, all of these things are happening. So you immediately have like a really nice warm entry into your new home. I think that's really important as the first impression 
um, management. And that's something that they're responsible for. Um, they're also responsible for having great communication with their resident. And that means if there's going to be any kind of inspection or if they're deciding to make any kind of upgrades, they should really be communicative towards um, their resident because it's a really symbiotic relationship. So you want to make sure that you keep this relationship on a friendly term. I mean, this is something where you live. And I'm a firm believer in home is our sanctuary. It's where we now get away from everything that's going on on the streets of LA and we come home and we relax here, we cook here, we sleep here, we rest here. So it's like, it's really important to validate their feeling of this is my home. And I think one of the ways to do that is by ensuring that their home is a is up to par when they move in. It's really important to me. Okay. Do you do a lot to uh, to check out uh, management and the buildings that you uh, that you help rent out the apartments to? I do. I um, make sure that the keys are working, that the mailbox is clear. So when they open up the mailbox for the first time, someone's <laughs> back mail doesn't like come falling onto their feet. Um, I make sure the locks have been changed, that they're working like seamlessly. I mean, you don't want to like give somebody keys to something where they can't immediately effortlessly open the door. It's like there's no jimmying. It's like that key needs to open Gotta wiggle. that door. Gotta wiggle it. Yeah, yeah. It's like right now that's happening to me and I'm just like, great, I have to solve this. But um, yeah, so you really want to make sure and you also want to make sure they have renter's insurance. And renter's insurance is just as important for them as it is for management. Because if something does happen, you can't put it that on management. You have to make sure that you're insured for the things that you have and it's so easy to get it you can bundle it with your car there's a great app called lemonade and honestly i mean yeah and it's so it's so cost efficient and most people to be honest it's like it's electronics that's what we all invested now flat screen tvs um desktops phones i mean a lot of people who are renting right now aren't keeping like large amounts of jewelry and fur coats in the closet in la they're just they're there to have like a nice home and they should be able and you know musical instruments but that's about it as far as um just make sure you insure yourself because you never know and make sure and make sure your agent uh, goes through you through your uh your list of property with you too your your svp um because uh, i actually have to still have to do that with my renters because uh, i just realized i have stuff that needs to be separately listed <laughs> <laughs> I have my, my right. comic book that's collection and my thing. musical instruments and uh, <laughs> and my camera collection. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, that's very valuable. Yeah, so if something happened to that, you would definitely want to have it, you know, insured if just in case. I mean, if not, it's a complete loss. Right, because right. there are things loss. that that's... the insurance company won't uh, won't insure if you don't uh, if you don't cut put it in a list of covered items. So uh, make sure of that. Right. But, uh, um, but yeah. a good agent will help you with then, that. Yeah, they'll, it's all part of a questionnaire. So that's really easy to do. And then I think another important thing is the preliminary move-in inspection. When someone moves in, I mean, these aren't brand new. These apartments have been lived in before. So there is going to be surface and cosmetic damage. But it shouldn't be something where you're like, wow, there's, there's a hole in the wall. I mean, <laughs> this should be very, very 
um, simple things that you can easily photograph, just send to yourself or the management company, just a document. So when you move out, you always think you're going to remember, right? You're like, I'm going to remember that when I move out, but it could be years yeah. before you move out. So you just want to make a living document, archive it in your email, make sure that you're able to bring it back up and say, hey, this scratch was here when I moved in. It was I didn't cause any damage. And here are the photos that I took when the apartment is still a blank canvas. Yeah before you've moved in for sure for sure photos are a wonderful thing <laughs> <laughs> photos are a wonderful thing they don't i mean they can lie if you use the long lens <laughs> yeah, yeah but um <laughs> for the most part that and i tell people to get a jump on changing their address and hooking up their utilities because everything got so backed up during covid and right now Last time I heard SoCal gas, if the gas gets turned off, it's almost two weeks to like 10 days to get it turned on. That's a long time to live without having gas yeah. on. Yeah, because they literally have to come out to the apartment right. home and get access. Right. Wow. So try and like, you know, moving's a really busy time. And even during COVID, so many moving companies were booked. Like people would want to like change their lease start date. Because honestly, they couldn't find anybody to help them move. Mm -hmm. Moving's a moving's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Treat it as such. <laughs> You're picking up all your things and shifting it to a whole new place. Well, you couldn't believe you didn't believe that we could go for uh, for forty five minutes, and it looks like we have. <laughs> We've hit the, We've mark. hit the mark. I know. Who um, knew? Yeah, we went Who the full. Who knew my first uh, podcast was going to be so successful? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm so glad you it had feels a good like time. That. I hope you had a good time. I did. I thank you so much. You made it so easy and friendly, and you're very conversational. So I really appreciate well, thank it. You, thank you. Um, before uh, before we go, there's uh, there's always two things. One uh, of most importance is is do you have any closing statements to uh, anything to say to the nice people? <laughs> wow, is this where I do a website plug? Is that you what can most do people whatever do? you want? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well you can visit my website at theleasingdepartment.com. I'm happy to give a quote to a property owner or to help out a prospective renter. Um, and then there was a second thing I'm supposed to do. What was the, it? Enjoy, enjoy yourself. yourself. Be yeah, safe. Absolutely. Yeah, well, be safe. And look for the market. Get on the market earlier. And if you really have that gut feeling about it, just from the photos, just apply. Just go ahead and put in your application. Don't wait. At this time, it's very competitive. Don't wait, Phil. You got yeah. it. <laughs> and then the last question I ask all my guests, it's just a, it's just a random question. Consider a hot dog in a bun. I love it. Is it a sandwich? <laughs> is it a sandwich? A hot dog in a bun? Is it a sandwich? Um, technically, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm so sorry. I feel like it's the wrong kind of bread to be a sandwich. Okay. The wrong kind of bread. <laughs> Okay. Wait, is there is there like a poll? Do you it's know, kind like of an informal poll, poll. I haven't really I haven't okay. really tracked it. It's what? pretty even. What? It's pretty even though uh, between the yes, it's a sandwiches and no, it's not a sandwich. And but there have been a lot of really interesting reasons and uh, and a few uh, and a few uh, you know cat trails uh, um, you know oh, that really? uh, that we've gone off on because of the question. Uh, <laughs> Like, uh, um, no. like that a uh, that one person thought that a taco 
was more closely related to a hot dog than a than a sandwich because of the way the visually, visually speaking, speaking yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so we decided that a, that a hot dog is a, uh, that either a hot dog is a taco or a taco is a hot dog we couldn't figure that one out <laughs> wait, <But. laughs> wait do we just have a new million dollar idea here <laughs> What? Well, you're gonna switch careers. Couple of, couple of weeks ago, uh, I had a um, I had a gentleman who uh, came up with the idea to pair a hot dog with French onion soup, and call it the soup doggy dog. <laughs> God bless. I want to. I'm I'm vegetarian, so I don't eat meat. But that's what got me because I was like, wait a second, I do have these like um, plant based. Um, hot dogs uh -huh. that I have sometimes, but I do put them in, like I fold them in a piece of like regular sandwich okay. bread and I'm like, huh, maybe I'll change my mind later and give Bill a, a DM. I'll drop into your DMs and say, hey, change my answer. It is a sandwich. <laughs> it can be if the situation is right. Yeah. I'm from Chicago, so we have a serious thing about yes. hot dogs there. We take take food very serious when you're in Chicago. It's like if you don't have those tomatoes and hot peppers and celery sauce. I love a Chicago a style hot dog. And no ketchup. They're so different Never than the rest any of the country. <laughs> Just a little squiggle of that mustard. Right. <laughs> oh, my oh my gosh. Well, it's been such a pleasure, and I'm very thankful that you um, chose me to be your guest today. I had a lot of fun oh, talking to you. It's been great. You. And uh, yeah, I'll get this uh, published right away. And, uh oh. Uh -oh. Okay, yeah. let me know. Okay. So I'll listen to it for midnight. <laughs> All right, I will. Um, yeah, and uh, that's it, except for the credits. And uh, so uh, the lease. The leasing, <laughs> wait a minute. What was the, the website again? It's the leasing department. The leasing department.com. Okay. Yeah, it's right on the nose. Right on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> you were lucky to get All that right. one. Okay. I think so. Well, that's it for, uh, right. for us today. And uh, I want to thank, thank you, you. Uh, so much for being on the show. Now I'm going to run thank the end credits. Thank you. Have a wonderful you day. Oh, thank you. Stay, stay okay. cool. <laughs> you too. Okay. Bye. Bye, Bill. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in. Uh, this has been a presentation of Bald Spots Productions. Uh, I'd like to thank my producer, my mother, Eileen Hatch. I, of course, am your humble host, Bill Hatch. And uh, I'd like to really thank my special guest for today, Rain Phillips. If you feel so led, uh, go over to Patreon and support the show on at Bald Spots Pro. And uh, uh, don't miss YWL Online. You can find it on Facebook and wherever fine podcasts are presented. And uh, tune in. Uh, well, this is going to be difficult next time for... Wait a minute. It moved too fast. Let me move this back here. Okay. My next guest will be Christine Sawyer. I think that's how it's pronounced. Oh, now I moved it too far back. Christine Sawyer. And uh, and then uh, my guest after that is Terry J. And then after that will be Lillian Brummett and Jasmine Deanne Andrews on the Thursday night show. So uh, please like, comment, share, follow, whatever it is you have to do to stay informed and kick the algorithm into gear for Not Quite After Midnight so we can reach more people. And uh, thanks once again. And uh, I'll see you next time. <laughs>